Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. How's everybody doing this morning? Morning. It's right at the side here. There we go. Everybody ready to get in the Word? I have a word from the Lord a fun one, I might add, and it's found in Luke verse one. I'm sorry, Luke chapter one. We're going to start in verse twenty-six. Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six. If you have your Bible, is your iPhone, iPad? Doesn't matter. Android. <laughs> Luke one chapter. Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six. And I'm going to begin reading. In verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Everybody say highly favored one. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, this is interesting, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. She wasn't troubled at seeing the angel. That's interesting. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, and by the way, it doesn't mean she didn't know a man. You guys know what no means. She didn't know a man. Amen. Adam knew Eve. Hallelujah. You will conceive a son. Uh, I'm sorry. And now Elizabeth, I got sidetracked. I started thinking about my wife. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And now the sixth month for her who is called barren for with God, nothing will be impossible. Right, Joseph? Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, your maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to to your word, and the angel departed from her. Now, let's get sanctified. How many love Christmas gifts? I want to see a show of hands. I mean, come on. I love Christmas gifts. I love the accruedaments. I love Christmas trees and lights. And I know some of you are religious. Don't be religious up in here. I told my friend the other day, I said, the Christmas tree represents the cross, that's what Jesus, Jesus was hung on a tree, right? That's what the scripture says. And the lights on the tree represent the light of the world who was given, who was hung on a tree. And then the gifts represent the amazing gift of salvation that he given us. So to those who are pure, all things are pure. Amen. Amen. It's my many excuses for my Christmas trees <laughs> and lights and gifts, but I love gifts. And I'll tell you what, I love getting gifts for people. And if you're a friend of mine, you should consider it a real honor because I like getting really cool gifts and I don't buy cheap gifts. Somebody say amen to gifts. However, 
You do not want me to wrap your gift. That's why I love Amazon Prime. When it shows up to the door, I kind of just give it to my wife as it's packaged. It's just in this brown thing. And because every time I've tried to wrap it, it just doesn't go really well with me. I end up with tape in my hair and my fingers in a bundle. And, you know, I don't have the line straight. They're kind of crinkled and wrinkled. So I just said to, to heck with it. I'll just give it to you in the box. And, uh, but the gifts are really great. But the wrapping paper, not so hot. And um, I thought about how God pretty much relates to me in that way, and I relate to him. Um, I think he's really magnificent when it comes to giving gifts. However, he's not so great. And I asked his forgiveness before I said this to you guys, because it's almost offensive. But I said, Lord, you're not very good at wrapping gifts. And if you think about your life long enough and the many gifts that he's bestowed on you, you can think about how he's wrapped them in your life and how much trouble it's probably coming and how much difficulty you've encountered as a result of the gift that he's given you. And you can find agreement with me that God does a great job at getting gifts to you, but the packaging that it comes in is often messed up. Amen. And if you could, Mo, I would like you to bring up uh, this, this uh, prop. We call them stage props. Um, don't laugh at my prop, okay? Because we, we did wrap it. Um, but this is pretty much what God does with your blessings is he wraps it just about like this. Do you see why I don't wrap my gifts for my wife? You'll see in just a moment. Now, as I begin to think about this particular scripture, as I begin to think about this scripture in Luke chapter one and how God sent an angel, a messenger, if you will, to Mary, he comes to her and appears. And the Bible says she wasn't troubled at his appearing. She was troubled at this saying. And, and I often wonder if she was troubled because she knows that with great blessing comes great responsibility. The scripture says that to him who much is given, much is required. And so I wonder if the reason that she was afraid is because she knew that because such great responsibility came with much blessing, that there would come a time after God had blessed her with this certain blessing, which would be Jesus, the son of God. She would be carrying God incarnate in her wound. I wonder if she knew that there was gonna come a time when there would be feelings or circumstances that would arise that would contradict the feeling of being blessed. Because with great gifts come sometimes great difficulty. In, in, in the midst of this great monumentous moment that came Christ to be born, this great gift that was given to Mary and Joseph, it came wrapped with many, many problems. And that's why I'm entitling this Christmas message this morning, when God wraps your gift in issue paper. <laughs> when God wraps your gift in issue paper, I want everybody to say that. When God wraps your gift in issue paper. You know, I wonder why this angel went out of the way to call Mary blessed. He goes out of the way, he goes to Mary and he says, blessed are you highly favored one. You would think that she would feel favor. She would feel the favor of God because after all, he just sent one of his messengers from heaven. That's kind of like, it was kind of just an awkward statement um, that you had to tell me I'm blessed when I, I should know that I'm blessed because an angel of the Lord is visiting me. Now, it's kind of like telling Donnie Smith he's white. I mean, you, don't, you shouldn't have to tell me when you meet me uh, that, that I'm white. I mean, you should see right away that I'm not um, African-American. I'm not Haitian. I'm not Asian. I'm Caucasian. But this angel goes out of his way 
to tell Mary, blessed are you and highly favored. Because I believe that the angel knew that he had to give her a, a prerequisite knowing that there was gonna come a day and a time when this so-called blessing and this favor that God is bestowing on you, you will not feel favored and you will not feel blessed. There will come a time when you will feel the weight of God's blessing and his gift that he's given you this Christmas season. And I want you to take a journey with me and I'm probably gonna read more scripture than I'm used to reading on a given Sunday morning, but I want you to journey with me through the scriptures and I want you to see what uh, what a great monumentous moment it was when Christ was born. But not only that, but the problems that surrounded Christ's birth and that surrounded this woman whom this angel called blessed and highly favored. Everybody say blessed and highly favored. You know, when I think about that night, I picture in my mind's eye, I love stories. How many love stories? So if you just take a journey with me in your mind's eye, I can, I can almost see that still night with a cool breeze, the crickets are chirping. There's this almost marble-like sky that's purple and black and blues, and we have stars lined up across the sky, not to mention this bright, shining light that was sitting above Bethlehem's manger, brilliantly shining, and if you looked at it too long, it would probably burn your eyes. I can simply see the, the shepherds out in the field and I envision in my mind these angels appearing and the Bible says the angels begin to sing to these humble shepherds while they were carrying their staffs and watching their sheep by night and they sang glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. I can, I can picture the, the three magi or the kings making their way to King Herod to tell about the prophecy of the Christ child who'd, who would be born those shepherds begin to make their way over the hills of Bethlehem to the manger in the middle of the night. And they come staggering upon this little manger, probably not even understanding why a king would be put in a manger in a stable that's filled with possibly sheep, camels, cows. I can only picture the stench that surrounded the smell of our Christ's birth. And all this magnificent things that are happening that night, God stepping out of the corridors of heaven into our earthly realm with a plan to save humanity. And we paint beautiful pictures like what's behind me about the gift of Christmas and how the nativity scene looked. I seen it the other day. We were at SeaWorld and it was just so funny I, 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 because I began to envision what this could have really looked like that night. And we think about this perfect little manger and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and Mary, the mother of Jesus is just having a great time. But when I was there actually seeing this physical story play out, seeing these real camels, there's cows up on the stage, urinating on the stage and just this mess, this smell. Can't, I can't picture her physically birthing the Christ without any type of medical attention. What a mess that would have been. And all these great things that are happening yet we don't really see because we weren't there that night. And we didn't see the difficulties that surrounded Christ's birth. Now, as we take this journey, I wanna read this scripture to you and I wanna walk through the issues that surrounded Christ's birth. And I hope there's some type of correlation between what you might be going through in the midst of God promising you great blessings. And yet it might be wrapped in quite a bit of issues. Will you journey with me? In Matthew 1 verse 18, it says this, now the 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, in other words, engaged, before they came together, you know what that means. She was found with child, the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example or spectacle, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Issue number one, the issue with Joseph and Mary. The issue with Joseph and Mary. I mean, can you think about having to explain, who has kids here, gentlemen? I wanna see men's hands. Can you imagine explaining to your wife? I'm sorry, ladies, where are you at? Let's do it like this. Can you imagine explaining to your husband that God impregnated you? Can you imagine husbands, or the guys at, let me hear you. Can you imagine your husband coming to you, or your wife coming to you and you having to hear the words come out of her mouth, see what happened was, <laughs> I got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And do you know that this was a problem? This was an issue. If it wasn't an issue, why would she have gone and left the house for three months and visited her cousin, Elizabeth? She left the house three months. Most guys, most women want their husbands with them during the entire pregnancy, the first trimester and the second trimester. But this was an issue. This was a problem because she had to explain to her beloved husband, her betrothed, that God knocked me up. The second issue, this lady risks death, ostracism. She risked getting stoned. Not that kind of stoned. We're in church. She risked getting killed because in those days, if you were found with child outside of, Mary, this, outside of marriage, this was a problem. You would be ostracized. You would be cut off from a community. You could possibly risk death. This was a major problem for them. Then she spends three months with Elizabeth. She's sent away while Joseph considers these things. And of course, God sends an angel, a divine angel to speak to him in a dream and saying, don't leave your wife, but I want you to marry her because this woman is pregnant with the Holy Spirit. That brings me to my first point. God's gifts will at times disrupt your life. God's gifts will at times disrupt your life. I'm going to read Matthew. And again, we're going to kind of journey through the scriptures. Is it okay if we kind of just teach this morning a little bit? In Matthew chapter two, verse one through 12, and I'll read it. And then we're going to jump in 16 through 17. And we're going to look at kind of all these issues that surrounded Christ's birth. And it says this in verse one through 12, it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea or of Judah, 
Then thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back to me that I may worship, that I may worship him also. And when he heard the king, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. But when Herod saw this, this is verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, he was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all of its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had, uh, which he had determined from the wise men. Issue number two, the plot to kill Jesus. Everybody say the plot the plot to kill Jesus. Now, you, you know you're close to unwrapping your promise when the enemy begins to attack you. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one in this room who has a promise, but generally when God promises you something or declares a prophecy over your life, you are immediately met with an attack. If you study the life of Moses, Moses was attacked at two years old. Why? Because the enemy knows your destiny and he knows your purpose. And many people get frustrated in their relationship with God when they start going through tough things. Because those, sometimes we think that's an indication that God isn't with us. But can I suggest to you this morning that when you are going through tough things, it's an indication that God is for you. Why would the enemy waste his time on attacks and strategy and strategic plans had you not had a call of God on your life? Had you not have a, had a promise? But when the enemy senses destiny, what he'll do is he'll try to distort it. He'll try to kill it. He'll try to destroy it at its infant state. Moses, when he was two years old, the enemy sent out a launch and an attack to kill him. Why? Because he knew if he could get it to be attacked or he could bring death to the destiny early, it would affect God's promise, his plan, and his prophecy in Moses' life. Look at Jesus. When he was two years old, Herod sends out a decree to kill the infant child. Why? Because the, just like the, the Lord is aware of purpose, he's aware of his own plan and his promises of in your life, the enemy is just as aware of his plan, of the Lord's plan for your life. And so what he'll do is he'll send out attacks. He'll, send, he'll try to get you frustrated. He'll try to cause you to get to abort your destiny early because he knows if you get too close to purpose and destiny, you'll enter your calling and help expand the kingdom of God. But the enemy doesn't want you to enter into your purpose. He wants you to abort your purpose. And so many times when you're close to your destiny and in your calling, mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, all hell normally will break loose. And because you're going through something is an indication that you are right where God wants you. When you're not going through anything, you need to worry. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When you're not going through anything, you need to worry. It's a sign that you're on target. It's, an, it's a sign that you are on God's timing when you're going through something because it's an indicator, an indicator that you are in the middle or in the pinnacle of God's will. 
when trouble breaks loose. And this is exactly what happened with Mary and Joseph. God promises his great plan. Less than a week later, all hell is breaking loose and trouble is everywhere. Is anybody going through any trouble this morning? Is there any issues surrounding your Christmas story? Is there any promise that God has declared over your life? And this may not just be a prophecy. Maybe it's something good that's in your heart, something that's being attacked, some type of frustration, some type of delayed promise that's in your life and you're not understanding why you're going through this. Why did this person leave me? Why am I always struggling financially, Lord, when I know that you've called me to prosper? Why am I having struggles in my marriage? Why am I having all these issues? If I'm a child and I'm a servant of God, why do I go through so many problems? Why do you go through so many problems? Because many times God wraps your blessings in issue paper. Amen? Maybe it's offense. Maybe it's God teaching you to forgive someone who needs forgiveness. God will use issues to bring out the issues in you so that you can inherit the promise. Amen? I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's God showing you that he's the only ultimate constant that you can count on in your life. Maybe it's no money for gifts this year. Maybe it's God showing you, you need to re redefine what Christmas is truly all about. Maybe it's a breakup. I wrote this down. This is kind of funny. Maybe God's getting rid of Bozo so he can bring Boaz. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe God is wrapping this up with job loss and it looks like an issue when God is just trying to create a greater opportunity for your future. Or maybe it's sudden tragedy. Maybe God is using this tragedy to bring people together who would not otherwise come together. Point number two, the greatest of gifts are discovered beneath the greatest of issues. You know, I really love this message, not because it's a hooping message. It's, it's to get you to think and challenge, challenge you. Because if anybody has been through issues, not to brag, I mean, who wants to brag about going through issues? I know I have. And I know how many great things and awesome things that God is doing in my personal life, my personal marriage, my personal ministry stuff and business. And I see what he's doing, but mark my words, it didn't come easy. Each of them had come with their own major set of issues, probably much more messed up looking than this uh, picture hanging on this easel. But if you hold on and you have a dogged determination to see what's on the other side, God will always prove himself faithful always prove himself faithful. But there's one thing about all the issues is because gifts without issues being wrapped, gifts without issues spoil us. And God will allow issues to arise and the blessings that he has for us to humble us and make us ready for his blessing. Amen. This is a shorter verse. It's in Matthew chapter two, verse 13 through 15. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like. It says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and they were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I've called my son. Issue number three, everybody say issue. The flee to Egypt. The flee to Egypt. I will say this. 
If you have a major gift or calling on your life or God's wanting to do something, mark my words, it'll make you want to run. Real gifts that God gives will make you want to run. Can somebody say amen to that? When God blesses you with something, it will cause such fear and frustration and at the same time, a desired promise like this, hope in your heart. It's, it's almost like you become, uh, what, what is it when you're double-minded? What is the word I'm looking for? Almost schizophrenic, almost. Yes, Lord, I want you to do this, but you understand that this comes with weight and responsibility. And most major gifts, most major blessings that God bestows on your life, you want it, but you don't want it. All of a sudden you become schizophrenic. You know it comes with a price and you wanna pay the price, but then one day you don't wanna pay the price. And most major gifts, will make you want to run. You know, I remember um, when I started a business about 15 years ago, uh, it, it's, it's a painting company and um, we, we didn't do so well. I remember I would pass out hundreds of thousands of flyers trying to get this business off of the ground. I remember driving this little uh, van and I was about to say a color, that's why I stuttered, but it wasn't even a color. It was, it was like a rusted orange, but it's just because the paint had faded off of it so much. I don't even know what the original color was. I would be driving and there, it would be raining and, and, and I would have to, I have to physically lift the window up so the rain wouldn't come in and the window wipers didn't work, Sean. So what I would have to do is kind of pull down the, the window and look outside because it was raining so hard. I couldn't see the glass was distorted. That's where I started. But I knew had God had called me to run this company. And for almost a decade, I wouldn't see any kind of results. I would pass out flyers and I would talk to people. And I, was, I, was, I knew I was a skilled craftsman. I knew this business should take off. And I'm wondering, you know, why, not, why are you not blessing us, God? Why are you not causing your favor to rest on us? But one thing that a decade did is it humbled Donnie Smith. So that when God ultimately fulfilled his promise, I wasn't prideful. I wasn't stingy with the money. When he said give, I would give because I knew if he built it, he could take it away. And I knew at the end of the day, I couldn't take the credit for what was built. And so we finally got into where we were making six figures and, and now we're at the kind of the top of the mountain, so to speak, and everything is kind of running fairly smoothly. And you kind of look around and you say, you know, is this it? Is this it? It's because it's never usually about the blessing. It's about how God wants to draw us to himself and intimate relationship with him through the blessing that he bestows because the gifts generally never satisfy the way that you think they will. It's kind of like that story in that movie. I forget the name of it. I think it was called uh, Peaceful Warrior. And in this movie, Peaceful Warrior, this, this gentleman was a, a gymnast and he was a Olympian and he uh, lost his ability to walk for a time. And he was so angry. And then the Lord sends somebody into this man's life. He was a mentor and the mentor said to him, listen, when you get to a certain point in your journey, there's a special place I want to bring you to, to, a top of this, to the top of this mountain. There's something I need to show you. And he filled this guy's mind with anticipation. So at the end of the movie, they make their way up the mountain and he's so anticipated, he's sweating. He's like, I can't wait to see what's up at the top. And he finally gets to the top of the mountain and he looks out and he says, look at this beautiful city, this, this, this view, this vantage points, you're able to see the whole city from here. And this gentleman says, is that it? He says, yeah, what'd you think? He says, well, I thought you'd show me something cooler than just a view. 
And he, and he says, well, you didn't act that way when, you're, when you were on your way up the mountain. He said, it was, you seem like you're really enjoying yourself. And the guy gets really disappointed and he sits down and he looks down. The, the, the mentor says this, usually the joy is in the journey, not in the promise or not in the end destination. And I want to say that to you this morning. Never focus so much on the promise. Enjoy the journey. The little breadcrumbs that God drops along the way, the little promises that he gives, the relationship that's birthed through the difficulties and the journey that you go through life with the Lord. Amen? Is everybody following me this morning? Or is your mind on uh, hot cocoa? We got hot cocoa in the back for you whenever we're done. Luke 2, verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah, into the city of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. As if things couldn't get worse. I'm almost done. Issue number four. There was no room in the end. All these problems, they're flee to Egypt. All these problems. And if things couldn't get worse, you would think that the son of God would have had room left for him in Bethlehem. After all, this guy stood out, stepped out of the corridors of heaven into our world and he didn't even have room to stay. There was no room. And you know when you know it's really the Lord? As if things couldn't get worse. You know it's really the Lord when your back is up against the wall and you are out of answers. It's a perfect recipe for God to do a miracle in your life. It's when your back is up against the wall. And you know, most people run when things get really, really hard. Like I'm sure it was with Mary and Joseph. When things get really, really hard, there's a temptation to run. Like I mentioned before. It seemed like God was shutting all these doors on Joseph and Mary. All these problems, the problems between each other, their flee to Egypt, all the issues that were arising, having to explain to her husband how God impregnated her. And then they make it to Bethlehem finally and then there's no room in the end. And this is why you cannot give up early in your journey when God allows things to get tough. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will tell you to give up. Your feelings will tell you to quit. Your feelings will say, throw in the towel. God's not gonna do it. I'm 50. It should have happened by now. It should have happened by now. Why do I still find myself around the same old mountain? I've kept sowing, Lord. I keep sowing. I sow financially. I go to church. I do all these things and it's still not happening. And the temptation is to abort the promise. You know, when I picture them going into that manger and I picture all those animals surrounding the birth that night and I mention that stench, and maybe your situation isn't so doesn't smell so great this morning, this Christmas. But I do know this, that the night after that Christ child was born, in spite of the smelliness, I'm sure that the promise 
the promised son that was born, the joy of that promise being born, it, it blinded them from any stench or smelliness, from any difficulty that surrounded that. I'm sure in that moment, they forgot all of their problems. And if you decide to pass, pass through and press through the messiness, whatever is going on in your life today or around this Christmas season, if you decide to press through, I can promise you that once you fully discover your promise that is wrapped with issues, there is no amount of stench there's no amount of issues that will rob you of God's promised blessing in your life. Amen? Praise the Lord, children. You know, I thought about this. Tell me what you think about this, Sean. I think about the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how when Jesus came into the world, they had been waiting on him. They just didn't know it. They had been waiting on the promised Messiah. They could quote the first five books of the Old Testament verbatim, and yet they missed him. They waited on this prophecy hundreds of years before this prophecy was fulfilled. And do you want to know why they missed him? Because they couldn't look beyond the wrapping paper. Because Jesus didn't come wrapped in the paper that they thought he should. I wonder what gift is in your life this morning that God is giving you and yet it's not 